on today's episode, restricted free agents Philip Kurashev and Caleb Jones finally have their new deals worked out with the Chicago Blackhawks. Also get into the latest rumors surrounding the Blackhawks broadcast booth for next season. And then to wrap things up, I'll also go over a quick recap of the first couple of days of the 2022 World Junior Championship. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, August 12th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast, which will only take a quick couple of seconds, literally just a quick click of the button will be helping me out tremendously. Be sure to go and rate the show with five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then feel free to leave me a review. I always greatly appreciate getting some feedback from all you wonderful listeners out there. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode and looking at this lovely old face of mine, you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because each episode moving forward, folks, through the rest of the summer into training camp, which is actually just about a month away, uh, believe it or not. Uh, Each episode moving forward, though, folks, is going to have a video attached to it. So if you haven't done so yet, pretty, pretty please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I would really appreciate all the help that I could get, folks. I'm really trying to grow this channel. The numbers have been jumping up over the past few months. I'm so thankful for all the help that you give me. Uh, But let's continue to grow this thing because I'm really trying to keep it moving here. And uh, the season, again, is slowly starting to creep up. So if you haven't subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks yet, please go and take the two seconds that it takes to do so. Also, go and smash the like button down below uh, for me as well and comment as to whether or not you think Patrick Sharp is the ideal replacement for Eddie Olchek in the Blackhawks broadcast booth next season. And if you feel like it shouldn't be Sharpie, then be sure to comment down below who you think should be trying to fill Eddie Olchek's enormous shoes as the color commentator. And last, go and turn on the push notifications, ring that bell, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, enough of that. Good afternoon, everyone. Happy Friday. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. To open things up on the show this afternoon, I wanted to begin with the Chicago Blackhawks finally announcing the signings of restricted free agents, Philip Kurashev and Caleb Jones this morning. And going back to Blackhawks prospect development camp at Fifth Third Arena, that was uh, darn near a month ago, three three weeks or something like that. Um, but in the final day of Blackhawks development camp, we heard general manager Kyle Davidson say that uh, the next order of business for the front office was getting 
deals done with those two RFAs. The only two RFAs, in fact, uh, that the Blackhawks elected to bring back for next season. Uh, but that was the next point of business for the Blackhawks front office. Took a little bit longer than I personally expected to get these deals to work out, but RFAs are always uh, a little complicated, even if they don't have arbitration rights. Um, so now we finally know uh, what both Kurashev and Caleb Jones are going to be making for the Hawks next season. Both signed one-year deals, and both will still be restricted free agents once this contract expires. The only difference, Kurashev does not have arbitration rights while Caleb Jones does. But getting into Caleb Jones first, uh, he signed a one-year, $1.35 million deal with the Blackhawks. A couple weeks ago, when I was kind of estimating what these two would net, uh, I guess somewhere right around one to one point two million for Caleb Jones. So one point three five is yeah, basically uh, right around what I expected. And he's coming off a pretty strong season last year. He he missed a little bit of time early on in the season. Uh, suffered an injury, unfortunately, late in training camp that cost him uh, a bunch of time in, in the first couple of months. Which honestly, um, he probably wasn't too mad about, considering how poorly the Blackhawks were playing at that point. But in a, you know, I think he played 54 games or something like that. I don't have the games played numbers in front of me, but uh, we did see Caleb Jones set career highs in, you know, all offensive categories, career high in goals with five, career highs in assists with 10. He actually uh, tied his brother Seth for the most goals among Blackhawks defensemen, despite, you know, not playing in 20 or 30 games or something like that. So um, I thought, there were flashes for sure last year from Caleb Jones that enticed the Blackhawks enough to bring him back. He's still only 25 years old. I know in hockey terms, that's getting up there a little bit and it's kind of make or break time. But uh, this was really Caleb's first kind of full stint where when he was healthy, he was basically in the lineup more games than not. Going back to his first couple of years up in Edmonton. He was playing the seventh defenseman role. He was getting healthy scratch pretty regularly. This was kind of his first consistent action, if you will, uh, in an NHL lineup. And yeah, there were moments where Caleb definitely showed off his skill set, which I think is one reason why the Blackhawks brought him back. And I've mentioned this a couple of times now, but the skill set that he has is pretty unique compared to what the Blackhawks have on their roster right now and also some of the defensemen that are coming up in the pipelines. like. Caleb's someone who, who moves well, he has an offensive game to him, can maybe be a power play two defenseman, uh, but has some good offensive game to him, a good shot. But I think some of the stuff that impressed me the most was his ability to carry the puck up the ice, uh, good transition player, good speed, and also going into some of his deeper uh, analytical numbers when looking at Jay Frosh Hockey, which for those of you out there who don't know who Jay Frosh Hockey is or don't know about his player cards, it's something I pay $5 a month for. It gives me player cards and deeper analytical information on literally every player in the NHL for $5 a month. And going through some of Caleb Jones's numbers, there are some surprising things that I don't think even I expected, like his ability to hold down the blue line in transition, a really good shutdown blue line player, a good first passer. So there are definitely some attributes that Caleb Jones has um, that I'm sure enticed the Blackhawks and is a little bit different than what they have in the rest of their system right now. Like, look at the defensemen the Blackhawks have drafted for the most part in the past couple of years. Um, a lot of big bodies. I know Kevin Korchinski, you know, moves really well. Same with Sam Renzel. But 
You look at Nolan Allen, who's a big, rugged defensive defenseman. Same with Ethan Del Mastro. Uh, they kind of, I think, after there was that era where, you know, the Stan Bowman drafted Henry Yokiharu, Adam Boquist, Nicholas Bodan, all these smaller offensive-minded defensemen, I think they were kind of in scramble mode to get as many big bodies on, uh, on the back end in the pipelines as possible. So that's kind of why we've seen, I think, the Blackhawks add some size in the NHL draft over the past few years. But uh, yeah, for, for what Caleb provides, I think it's definitely worth another chance here. Um, see what he can do this season. He should be in the lineup more times than not. Um, assuming he's healthy. So I think this was a smart signing by the Blackhawks. And given the position they're in, why not get another look at Caleb Jones, who, again, at times really flashed some good potential and I think still has um, more to him than we've seen so far uh, in his first you know, 50 games or so as a member of the Blackhawks. Getting into Philip Kurashev's deal, uh, Kurashev's also, like I said, signed a one-year deal. Uh, this was worth seven hundred and fifty thousand, which was a little bit lower than I expected. But at the same time, Kershev really hasn't proven himself as a consistent player so far in his career. Still, only twenty-two years old, though. I just saw a bug floating across my face. Sorry for that distraction, folks. Um, but yeah, Kershev's someone who I think Blackhawks fans have to have a certain perspective with to treat him fairly again only 22 years old and this kid was a fourth round pick not all that long ago right and you don't see fourth or later round picks like that emerge to the nhl quick this quickly very often like philip kershev i'm not going to call him a unicorn because that would just be a wrong term but he's kind of a rarity not a lot of you know third fourth fifth round picks hit the nhl level by 20 21 years of age so while Kershev has had his ups and downs and had consistency issues, I, I think we still need to be patient with him. He's still very young, and you know maybe he won't have the offensive upside that some of us were hopeful for, but he's got a good speed game. He could play both center and the wing. He's versatile. Um, and there were, I think the biggest thing for him is he just needs to find that consistency because there'd be stretches three or four games where he'd be making a difference night in and night out. And then the next month he'd be an absolute ghost. So it's all about finding that consistency level for him on a night to night basis. But again, that's hard to do as a 22 year old when you're really just getting your feet wet in the NHL. And also, you know, the team around you isn't very good either. Uh, kind of a tough situation for Kershev to be in, but I really hope Blackhawks fans haven't written him off yet because again, only 22 years old, uh, he had 21 points in 67 games last season. I think he does have the potential to be a 30- or 40-point guy one day down the road once he gets a little more action under his belt. Um, but, yeah, this was, I think, a no-brainer to bring back Kershev, another guy who you might as well see if he can figure it out over the next couple of years. And if he doesn't, you know, we're in a full-blown rebuild anyway. So I think both these signings were wise moves by the Blackhawks. Um, no surprise that these two were brought back. But uh, now we know both. Um, Philip Kurashev and Caleb Jones officially have signed one-year deals. It'll be interesting, though, to see how they fare this season and whether the, whether or not the Blackhawks decide to keep them around moving forward in this rebuild uh, as restricted free agents next summer. All right, that takes care of all the info on the Caleb Jones and Philip Kurashev signings from this morning. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into the Blackhawks pursuing Patrick Sharp to take the place of Eddie Olchek in the broadcast booth next season. But first, 
I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product. With just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's truly an incredible supplement. And Athletic Greens was first created when the founder themselves experienced a ton of gut issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. That used to cost them $100 per day. But now, Athletic Greens has created an optimal and affordable nutrition routine that costs you less than $3 per day, which is such an easy and cheap way to invest in both your health and body. And I seriously do try to get my one scoop of AG1 every morning, folks. I had it about 30 minutes ago before recording this episode. Um, I really try to get it in every morning before I do the show or before I go to work or before I go and hit the golf course with some of my buddies. It really does give me that extra boost that I need to get me going in the morning. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network right now. Again. That is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network for a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D along with five free travel packs. Go to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on. Into segment two, let's talk about the latest news involving the Blackhawks broadcast booth for next season because uh, as of yesterday, folks, Eddie Olchek officially inked his deal with the Seattle Kraken. He will be up in the booth with the Kraken next season, joining his brother Ricky, who's an assistant general manager there. And yeah, it's just kind of hard to believe this is really happening. Like, I still don't understand how we got to this point. And, you know, it's all speculation. Uh, We've heard Eddie go on multiple shows and say this was his decision alone. Uh, He just felt like it was time to go in another direction. But I really feel like there has to be a a specific reason for that, right? Like Edzo has been a part of the Blackhawks family for so long now. They trusted him to be to aid the front office in the hiring of their new general manager. We saw him in that disastrous town hall meeting with Rocky Wirtz last year. Maybe that was the final straw for Edzo. Maybe he's like, listen, I can't be up here with these 70-year-old white dudes anymore who are so out of touch with society today. Maybe that was something that pushed him away from Chicago. I know if I was up there listening to old man Rocky Wirtz go on that type of ramble, I would have been beyond embarrassed to be on the same stage as him. So maybe that had something to do with Edzo's departure. Um, You know, I I thought about maybe he didn't feel like moving forward with Chris Vosters was the best thing for him. Maybe he just didn't feel like that chemistry was there. That one I kind of feel like isn't really the case because I feel like Edzo would always be up for a challenge and would understand that Chris would lean on him heavily to kind of get his footing and get off and running as the new play-by-play man for the Blackhawks. And of course, filling Pat Foley's shoes, I mean, no one knows how great Pat Foley was more than Edzo. And I'm sure he would have liked to help Chris in that transition. So I don't think that was it. One thing that really stuck out to me, though, I was having this conversation with some family friends recently, and 
I wonder if the Blackhawks letting Edzo's contract expire and not having anything officially set in place, I wonder if that irked him. And I still think that was the dumbest move by the Blackhawks. How do you let the best color commentator in the game, maybe in all of professional sports, how do you let him hit the open market without a deal in place? Especially when he's been around for as long as he has. He's very tight-knit with, you know, not only NBC Sports Chicago, but the entire Blackhawks organization, right? Like, he's had relationships with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze over the years. Like, letting Edzo's contract expire without anything officially set in place for the next step, like, that to me is just just boneheaded by the Blackhawks. What are we doing here? How, how do you not sure that up? I get there's a lot of things going on right now, but Edzo is one of the only reasons why people would have tuned in next year. Now they're not going to have Pat Foley or Eddie Olchek. I mean, to be honest, if I wasn't in love with this team, regardless of how they fare, and if I didn't have the job that I do, I wouldn't be enticed to watch the, the broadcast next season. I mean, it's going to be two new guys. I like Chris a lot, but it's not going to be Pat and Eddie, and there are a lot of people that are going to be ticked off about that. So, yeah, I just don't understand how the Blackhawks got to this point. How do you let Eddie Olchek hit the open market? It's like, I, I don't understand it. The Blackhawks should have had a bigger sense of urgency and should have never let it get to this place in the first place. Like, I, I just don't understand it. But, yeah, definitely sad to see Edzo has officially inked a deal with the Seattle Kraken. Uh, but one thing I wanted to mention as well here on the show, folks, is that with Eddie Olchek now officially having departed, uh, the Blackhawks are apparently pursuing Patrick Sharp to be his replacement in the booth for next year. And when the news first broke about Edzo not coming back to the Hawks, I personally said that Patrick Sharp would be my guy that you have to go after, right? Because he has experience up in the booth, at the ice level. He knows the game really well. Obviously a very successful player. He's also very witty, funny, and also one of the best-looking humans I've actually ever seen in my entire life. Patrick Sharp got beyond blessed with the genes, but I think he's just a perfect fit, and he's familiar even though a lot of players have come and gone. He's still very familiar with this organization, and um, I, I just think he'd be a really good fit. He's very, got a very calm demeanor and, you know, has a good sense of how to call a game and all that good stuff. But what I've seen out of Sharpie in the booth, I, I've really liked. So I would agree. I think he's the number one candidate that you have to pursue. Although one thing that could make it a little bit difficult for Sharpie to commit to being the new color commentator for next season is that he recently moved his family out to Connecticut. And actually last year he was uh, doing some coaching. He was working at, as an advisor for uh, the Vermont Catamounts, I believe. So his family's up in the Northeast, man. I mean, that's pretty far away from Chicago, and he just recently moved them there from what I understand. So that might make things a little difficult on Sharpie. And if, you know, that kind of strays him from taking this job, then apparently the Blackhawks would be looking at uh, John Weidman potentially as someone who could come in. Also, Troy Murray, I I've seen is someone who uh, the Blackhawks would have interest in. Hopefully, Troy continues to be healthy. I saw him at development camp, man, and it was just awesome to see Muzz. Really good dude. So, yeah, that's where the state of the Blackhawks broadcast booth stands right now. But if I were if I were them, I'd be doing everything I can to get Patrick Sharp or John Weidman. Those two are, are very good. Weidman, obviously, has killed it for so long on the radio. I feel like uh, he would definitely be a good fit. But at the end of the day, None of them are Eddie Olchek, man, and it's still kind of unbelievable to me that the Blackhawks really 
didn't have a deal in place to keep him around in Chicago for a long, long time. All right, there's the latest on who could be replacing Edzo up in the booth with Chris Vosters next season. Coming up in just a minute, I still have to provide some updates on the 2022 World Junior Championship. But first, I got to talk to you all about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, folks, as baseball season has taken over for the summer, and Bet Online has way more odds and info from game scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land or who the next fired manager is going to be, regardless of what you want to bet on. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. And it's not just baseball, from the NHL, boxing, UFC, golf, esports, right to your Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game begins. To the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three today before I wrap things up and let you all go and enjoy your weekends, I still wanted to be sure to provide some updates on the 2022 IIHF World Championship up in Edmonton, Alberta, where five members of the Chicago Blackhawks pipelines are taking part in the tournament. Three for Team USA. Of course, we got Wyatt Kaiser, Landon Slager, who's wearing the A on his sweater, Uh, And Dominic James, sixth-round pick in the 2022 NHL Draft. All three cracked the final 25-man roster for Team USA. Unfortunately, Blackhawks' first-round pick, Frankie Nazar, Frank the Tank Baby, uh, did not in the roster, but should be a shoo-in to make it for the the next tournament in December. Uh, And remember, this is a, a makeup of the tournament that was supposed to take place back in December, and Nazar was not even close to being a part of that roster. So this isn't surprising that he didn't make it. But yeah, three members playing for Team USA. Ethan Del Mastro was a late addition to Team Canada due to injury. And then Victor Haranbor, I believe, uh, former fourth-round pick of the Blackhawks, is suiting up for Team Sweden. Uh, But most of the talk that I'm going to have on the World Juniors is coming from Team USA and Landon Slager, baby. Third round pick back in 2020, 79th overall, actually two picks ahead of teammate Wyatt Kaiser. Um, Slager was 79th, Kaiser was 81st, and I'm sure he's probably let Wyatt know about that a few times, whether it was at development camp or for Team USA, just be like, hey, Blackhawks picked me first, don't forget. Like <laughs> Just a little chirp that he could throw at him, but Landon Slager has been a man on a mission so far for Team USA, folks. It has been unbelievable to watch. A goal and an assist for Slags in both of his first two games. Uh, and he's really been an impact player all over the ice, right? Like he's been making some great heads up passes, has been using his body and his size well. He's very tenacious, can play a 200 foot game. I'm super excited about the future of Landon Slager. I mean, seems like this could be a very great value pick for the Blackhawks in the third round. I don't know if he has top six upside in him, but he seems like that kind of under your skin type of player who can, you know, kind of be slotted up and down. He can provide you with a little bit of offense. He can provide you with a little bit of nasty. He's got some size. Like I said, he's responsible defensively. So he feels like a guy who, um, if he does in fact, continue to progress and things go well and makes the NHL one day, feels like he could be one of those, like a Drake Kajula type of player where, you know, depending on 
what you want out of him that night, he could be on the fourth line. Or if you want him to chip in a little bit more offensively and provide a hard-nosed game in front of the net, he could go up to the second line. Um, that That's kind of the feel I get about Landon Slager's game so far. But I, I've been very impressed with him. And also, obviously, wearing the A, he's taken on a leadership role. And he's kind of been known as a leader everywhere he's been so far in his young career. So I'm really excited, folks, about Landon Slager. And hopefully he and Team USA can keep it up because they've gotten off to a pretty strong start so far here in the World Juniors. Uh, Wyatt Kaiser actually had a primary assist on Landon Slager's goal last night, a shot from the point that Slager was able to get a piece of in front of the net. Uh, for Kaiser, he's looked pretty good so far. He did get uh, walked, although uh, walked for a goal in the opening game against Team Germany. But for the most part, I like what I've seen out of Kaiser. He's just got great offensive instincts. Uh, when he has the puck near the blue line, a uh, good first pass, knows how to get shots through, knows how to run a power play. Wyatt Kaiser is someone I'm very high on as well. And it seems like with each year that he, each year that goes by, he just keeps progressing and developing more and more and more. And I think he's on the cusp of having a massive year uh, with the University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs this season. Now that he's going to be a junior, he's already played a massive role for them as both a freshman and a sophomore, top four role as an 18, 19-year-old. I'm really stoked about Wyatt Kaiser and his upside because from what we've seen at a young age, it seems like he he's, could be a, a difference maker uh, all over the ice. And then last, Dominic James. I think the biggest thing for, for James that I've seen out of the World Juniors is that he is just flying out there. I mean, the kid has some absolute wheels. He's drawn penalties. He's also doing a really good job at the face-off dot. And for a six-round pick, I mean, I even said this at development camp before the World Juniors began, like Dominic James might be something. And uh, I remember in the Friday scrimmage that the Blackhawks had at development camp, he was on the top line with Slagger and Frankie Nazar. Um, I think Dominic James was a very good pick by the Blackhawks in the sixth round. A teammate of Wyatt Kaiser's, he's going to be a sophomore this year at UMD. I think James could be something as a six-round pick, and when you get that late in the draft, that's really all you can ask for. Uh, the speed, though, is what I really think is the biggest difference maker for him. Um, if he's able to keep up that pace and provide a little bit of offense, I, I think there's a real chance that he could be, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a, an effective NHL player one day, but for a six-round pick, even making it to the NHL is a pretty big accomplishment, and I would not rule that out whatsoever with Dominic James because of the pace that he's able to play at and also that he can provide an offensive game alongside it as well. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Friday, August 12th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now, wherever you get your podcast and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out uh, the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news and updates throughout the NHL offseason. It's free and available on all platforms, so you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything about the Blackhawks or the show, don't forget that Monday's episode is Mailbag Monday. So 
You can email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com for any of your questions. You could also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you could call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until the next episode, thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.